Arg, Grog. Peter here. Uh, just a quick warning before we start. Uh, it gets a bit crude, so a bit silly. So if you have kids around, probably don't let them listen. All right, bye. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshed Podcast. I'm Peter Fickley and I'm here with Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. Well, with a, a week rich in Brian and Fallon, I'm ankle deep in fanny batter and cum because Kerry and Matthew must be incredibly excited. <laughs> Are we keeping that? I like that. That's good. <laughs> it is possibly vulgar. Well, I think, you know, if if our audience can't cope with that, then <laughs> where are we in life? I did warn Kerry and Matthew that uh, I, I had an incredibly vulgar opening to the show plans that they were they had the right to drop the axe on the minute they heard it. I was on mute and started <laughs> feeling slightly faint. Speaking of vulgar openings, Amy. <laughs> oh, nicely done, Kerry. Very, very nicely done. You said that me and Matthew would be excited about Brian and... Alan appearing, didn't you? And Brian was good this week before we go on to the vulgar opening. I liked his furtiveness around the office and just repeatedly saying, I couldn't possibly comment like a spy. And which spy would he be? I think I said he would be like Michael Caine from the Ipcrest file, kind of like, you know, down to earth, kind of matter of fact um, spy. Um, Michael, uh, Michael, <laughs> Matthew was talking about who was it? Are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was it. You, you, you referenced Smiley, didn't you? I was thinking he was reminding me of um, Francis Urquhart from House of Cards. Ah, yes. that was his comment, wasn't it? You might think that I couldn't possibly comment. That was how he, when he was party whip, and he just angles to become prime minister. I mean, that's that's one for the teenagers. Most people probably think <laughs> House of Cards, just Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright. But I think my brain got scrambled because What's His Chops was also in um, uh, uh, um, Tinker Taylor. Yeah, I'm really struggling to remember the actor's name now. That's going to bug yeah. me. But you know who I mean, don't you? He's more like James Bond, the spy who bonked me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe my opening wasn't quite so you know inaccurate. Uh, <laughs> what, would his, what would his double O be? Double O. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Kerry's sexy voice again. Who was it who tweeted in to say that um, we did, you know, Kerry was the one with the delicious voice? Was it Marcus? Possibly. Someone. It was a man. Yeah. I'm and we sure got told on to Matthew. Yeah. Um, mm. But so Brian, the secret agent, he's rather um, clumsily left a bunch of printouts on the. Um, on the printer, Hannah was right to guess that uh, he'd done it intentionally. And then, yeah, it, it, it will sort of unravel from there. I mean, the good thing was that we have the perfect um, Bond baddie, don't we? Because Justin really is utterly odious at the moment. Yeah, he is vile. And, oh, God, I sounded like him then. <laughs> get, get me a lozenge. Um, <laughs> he's bloody awful, isn't he? And quite apart from the fact that he wants to make the pig sheds into into a reti luxury retirement village also didn't one of his ideas which seems completely moot in an age of working from home hmm. is to turn some of the sheds into office space and remote working hubs i was like who the hell is going to go to work to pay to work in a hub or a shed when they could easily do it at home i don't really see that that as an option I think you'll find that was Glenn. That was Glenda Belcher's idea. Well, that's his odd job, isn't it, Glenda Belcher? 
She has I a love- little. She has a little hat that she can spin around. So when Brian, when Brian gets out of hand at the BL group, he'll just go, Belcher. And she'll just throw a, like, a little pork pie hat or a bowler hat that will kind of cut his head off. You've also got to factor in the fact that a commute to Ambridge will crush any reasonable, you know, um, worker. So it's, you know, as, a, as a, a remote working hub, it really is remote. I think 20 minutes it can take to drive to Ambridge. Well, most people will be canoeing down the, the Am now that it's navigable, won't they? Is it navigable? I don't know. Hot debate on Twitter about the navigability. (laughs) Is that a word? Of the am? It's a word now. Or whether he just had the boat dropped into the river from a lorry or a crane or something. Well, it was carefully cleaned up, wasn't it? Because Phoebe said to him, uh, you can't have been doing it up here. People would have noticed. And it was like, yeah, that's why nobody mentioned it, because it had been in dry dock somewhere. Yeah, I did find that a bit weird. The arrival of a boat on the Am and nobody noticed it happening. We need to talk to a um, friend of the podcast, Rick, about the plausibility of a minicab driver slash um, uh, environmental um, worker mm. finding the money to, you know, tart up a, a, a narrowboat and get it, you know, river worthy. He got a sizable loan, he said, didn't he? Was that the um, the magic the bank of yeah. um, the yeah. bank, yeah. It wasn't an Adam style loan, was it? Whereas in like he's just stole it from <laughs> he's just stole it from a safe in Lower Loxley, and he'll pay it back while no mm. one's looking. But anyway, yeah, he's paid for um, a legitimate birth, so presumably that's not a birth at Glastonbury, nineteen ninety eight. Well, hey, <laughs> that's a Matthew special, that isn't it? I, re- I remember that year as well. Oh dear, don't go on about festivals again Matthew (laughs) no I I remember it because I wasn't there (laughs) good one (laughs) I watched it on the tv from the safety of my sofa yeah Rex's party that was weird wasn't it they all had the party on the riverbank after traipsing along from the bull would people do this I ask this question about so many things in this sodding program freezing cold apparently not enough room to go in on the boat and then Jazza smashes glass into the am. Yes. Do you think that was a cider bottle? Kerry, you've waited 35 years to start questioning the plausibility of the arches. I might suggest it's a little bit late. I have not waited this long. (laughs) I question it every time I listen to it. Do you know what? It was one of those moments where I didn't really question... Uh, I didn't look too hard at any of this, for any of the flaws in the plot because I was just quite enjoying a nice, easygoing mm. scene. You know, it was quite fun to hear Rex being happy. It was quite fun to hear them toddling off down the river. Anything where you're getting like, you know, Tracy, full beans Tracy and full beans Jazza, you know, I'm not going to grumble. So I was, um, mm. you know, I was very happy with all of that. I didn't really worry too much about the gaps in the plot or the fact that, as usual, a party was catered for by three actors. And I didn't even let the fact that... um. bloody Amy and Chris were stinking the place up um, ruin the you know ruin Rex's party for me well Chris didn't because he was only at the pub wasn't he but do you mean the talk of it I tell you what though Rex he revealed in that Sunday episode didn't he that he had been in love with someone who wasn't interested in him and who fell for someone unsuitable don't say it don't say it it's Pip isn't it or is it Kirsty can it be Kirsty hmm it could be. Because she went off with someone unsuitable, didn't she, obviously? You're a soothsayer these days, Kerry. You predicted the boat. <laughs> you predicted on Twitter quite early on in uh, Wednesday's episode that Fallon, it was Fallon that had spotted mm. 
Chris and Amy. I mean, I'm the only thing that I can I've got uh, in my locker is that I kind of predicted the cricket team would be the undead. <laughs> Did you? I said Field of Dreams, and they'd and like the ghosts, yes. Joe Grundy and Bert would come back, and they've they've near enough done that. It is. I came up with a stellar term for that cricket team. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. I did see it, yeah. It's shit, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> geriatric cricket. Have you got? Have you still got that tolling bell and tumbleweed? <laughs> please, <laughs> please deploy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of this idea, though? Like, who's so who's going to be on this? Because it's not going to be they're not going to discriminate. So Leonard's up for it. Mm. Who else are they going to get then? If they're going to get women, they invented a few other people, didn't they? There's some there's some set of twins that they mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, what were they called? From Beechwood, the Granger twins or something. Yeah. Something like that, wasn't it? Thin as rakes, mm. apparently, Jazza said. So apparently, I mean, that must be who gives Richard Thwaite his reiki massage. Oh, God, Matthew. Oh, okay. you've set the standard now and Matthew's determined to keep it. Amazing. Wouldn't Joy be a good cricketer? Yes, she should be doing it, um, or at least doing the lunches. But uh, what? Um, do you? how do you feel about these kind of, um, off mic characters or these kind of like referred to characters like i never liked um two phones or i never liked the i don't mm. like molly but i don't like not hearing molly button i'd rather we just pretend you know we just accept that there are other villages and we don't hear about them there's always the odd chance they will pop up won't they um i mean before everyone goes nuts at us it was the gleason twins not the great oh, just in case we have a legal action from the granger twins <laughs> who aren't thin as rakes and don't go jogging together <laughs> They're a right bunch of lard asses that live in Cleveland. Well, I knew it began with G. There were loads of G names, like Glenda Belcher, who we've mentioned already. Then there yep. was Barbara Gladstone. Yeah. And Greta Barbstone, <laughs> Belinda Groucher, and Je- Jeffrey Ballbag. <laughs> do, you, do you think uh, Leonard's going to talk Peggy into joining the cricket team? Oh, God, can you imagine? That pause was me just trying to wrap my head around it. You know, I know. You're shit, Tony. <laughs> you always have me. Get Radio Borsetra to commentate on it. You know? uh, Come, coming slowly up to the crease, Peggy Woolley. That was good. She'll be here in five minutes. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Matthew, copyright. I thought it was very much an impersonation of Matthew's impersonation of Peggy Woolley. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, Peggy, Jill... Talking of impersonations of people doing impersonations, just to drag us back. Yeah. Have, have you realised now that what we had to listen to earlier in the week, like we've we've been quite hard on the actor that plays Amy. Mm. And what we had to deal with this week when Amy was trying to cover her tracks was the actor playing Amy pretending to be bad at acting while she was covering up her story. Yeah. So it was kind of like Amyception. It was like, um, I've, I've really got to go. The shop's... Uh, the shop's about to close, or I, I was Chris there. I barely saw him, and it's like, oh, this is this is getting worse. It's like going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, w- it was appalling. I think now that she's got a bit, there's a bit more meat to the the, the, the plot. But hey, um, wanted it. I was about just as I was as I was trying to say it. I was like, oh my god, there must be another word. No, I've run out. Um, 
you know, she, I think she did a lot better this week, the actress, because there was more for her to sort of like, you know, deal with. Whereas in previous weeks, she has been given some very meager broth. Um, it's been very, you know, kind of like, oh, say something nice and banal. And then just, uh, you know, and all, all like the fake jokey conversations between her and Rex and uh, Chris when they had their TV dinner. Now that she's kind of standing in the cold, desperately trying to suppress the desire to kiss Chris, it's uh, maybe a little bit more, a little bit, she's doing a bit better. Well, I don't think it could have been worse. That's for one thing. The next thing is she keeps repeatedly sort of going, in my head. That's what she sounds like. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like a siren. And then... Everything is in question form with her, isn't yes. it? Like doubtful question. Exactly, Matthew. Thank you. Oh, I, I can't abide her, basically. Oof. The yeah. character. I've never met the actress or actress. Oh. No, but you know what I mean. No, I mean it's it's not like it's it's not it's not a kind of. Um, I mean, your 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 detestation of Adam is complete. It's like every single facet of the character, his representation, the whole thing has mm. driven you balmy for years. But like Amy, yeah. it's Amy, it's the it's the character, it's the way she's portrayed, it's the the whole lot. Yeah, it is. It is. I think she. Yes, yeah, she's like. Oh, I feel so guilty. I can't do this anymore, Chris. Um. <laughs> You know, how can I be Alice's friend when I'm in your bed? She keeps doing that. But you, you fucked him and didn't think about that the day before. Rubbish. Like I said last week, we, we finally got something a bit juicy to to wrap around the whole Alice character. So I'm happy for that. But I don't know. The, the whole thing with Chris and Amy when she went to break it off with him and they had the, the snog in the churchyard and then he called mm. her the next day it reminded me and when chris and alice went to the arboretum chris doesn't like no for an answer does he yeah he's a, from women he's a little bit odd like that yeah there's a wonder... weird tone in his voice as well sometimes isn't there? yeah like it's my right basically i wonder yeah. if they're setting something up there he was kind of mansplaining to um, Amy why she absolutely should just do everything he wanted because it was really very convenient to him. And then he also said to Fallon, didn't he? He's like, oh, I've been so lonely recently. It's like, oh, that that's your that's your justification for why you've ended up in bed with someone is you're a bit lonely and you, you know you recognise your loneliness, but you're still sort of apparently sort of weak in the face of it. You can't sort of um... yeah. I think it's all a bit hollow and. I think it's a rebound thing and a bit desperate and it's going to all end in tears where those two don't end up together. They regret everything and have lost friends over it. Yeah. This, uh, I was talking to Kerry the other day about um, internet dating. Uh, I said about I'd been on this date with this um, girl who was twice as hot as her picture on the website. And her picture was ridiculous. She was, I, but I only did the internet dating thing for very, very briefly. It was for a few weeks. And we sat down and I remember thinking she's ridiculously hot. And every second in her company, uh, my ardor drained, you know, at a quite terrifying rate. And, to, but, you know, within 10 minutes, I was just, you know, looking for the exit because she was so boring. She wasn't even unpleasant or anything. She was just so unbelievably dull. 
And that was one of the problems with, for me was that with the last week was trying to believe that um, two such mm. dull people could have this kind of irresistible passion. I mean, I guess the human race would have died out if boring people, you know, couldn't get it on. But uh, it did seem a bit implausible to me. It was a bit like when Amy said there was no spark between her and Rex. And the whole <laughs> yeah. world was like, spark? Amy? What? If you dislike Amy, I think I feel as violently about Chris. I cannot stand him now. This version of mm. version of him. Before he was just that stupid, good-looking guy who kind of like, you know, um, uh, sort of held Alice's arm. And now he's just he's venal, vapid, dull, boring, stupid. He's the whole full set. Mm. Yeah, let's try to think of anything nice about Chris at the moment or anything redeeming. You know, I know he's he's had a hard time with his ex-wife, obviously, but anything else about him? Well, I, I went out on a limb last week and said they hadn't really done anything wrong. But since Chris is now saying that as if like someone's pulling a cord in his back every time <laughs> something happens, like in 16 years time, Martha's going to be getting dragged out of Underwoods by the security guard with pick a mix falling out of her pocket and just be there going, she didn't do anything wrong. So he's very consistent. But um, no, I'm kind of tiring of them this week. And also, the trouble is, I have to I have to come down on the side of Fallon. Oh, Jesus Christ. But you know what I mean. Don't you? <laughs> you know what I mean? That was completely mm-hmm. unintentional. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Chris is... Is that what you're saying, Fallon? <laughs> Probably would be, wouldn't it? Just upon sight. Oh, so it's, it's an honour to meet you. Uh, well, <laughs> while we're on the subject of that, I mean... Not that it's something that's going to, well, I mean, has anyone ever secured a second shag by saying, well, last week it was lovely and I'd like some more, please. I know. He's not in any way sexy or appealing, is he? I got told an awful story once um, about, this is so bad, Kerry, it's so, so bad. Mm. It was a guy who said to a female friend of mine, can I just rest it in you? And as a kind of like a, a part of a begging tactic when they were, she, you know, she had said no and he was trying to persuade her that perhaps they should, you know, do stuff. And uh, I've, every female friend I've told that story to has has said it is the most unpleasant thing they've ever heard or the biggest turn off they've ever heard. Well, of course. What? How revolting. Very strong Chris vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, was, was he a farrier? Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry to you know everyone. It is awful, but it's but like Matthew was saying, it's that kind of like you know. I mean, uh, yeah, she's not a bowl of tapioca pudding. You know, can I have seconds, please? Yeah, and he was very sort of coercive towards her, wasn't she? She's like, oh no, no, I really shouldn't. I really shouldn't. He should have at that point said, okay, let's leave it a few days. But no, he's like, come round my flat. I want you to um, have some wine. Um, uh, it seemed that she was under duress a bit and I didn't like it. Mm. Kerry's nailed it. It's just, it's just, uh, it, I mean, I, it, it's part, I was saying, you know, I don't like Chris anymore. And I think that's part of it. It's, it's, you don't listen to the archers to hear that kind of, um, I mean, we had Philip, didn't we? And maybe we've had enough of that kind of very coercive behavior. I know it's not slavery, but it's just, you know, it's that sort of toxic masculinity. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. And I think the point with Chris is, as far as unless it is some foreshadowing, which I said it might be, they don't seem to be suggesting that he was doing 
anything wrong. I mean, he certainly doesn't think so. Like he's blamed loneliness for, mm. all right, he's saying that's why he's dating Amy, but I felt like he has, you know, if if he hadn't pushed for it, they would have taken this step back sooner. It's just that he keeps being very forceful about it. I think it's not going to, it's not, he's not going to be able to stay away, is he? I don't think. No, no. If they hadn't been caught by Fallon, um, they would have just carried on. So guys, I just being, I just can't tell. I mean, is Kirsty gonna go or isn't she? It's just, it's, it's such a puzzle, isn't it? <laughs> puzzle. Uh, Linda persuading. Well, Phoebe had a go first, didn't she? About that was an interesting one because Phoebe was kind of saying, "I'm allowed to go because of this. You are not allowed to go because you belong here." she was actually partway through the paperwork for going to Bulgaria, wasn't she? So she must have actually really quite wanted to go. And she referenced the, the Mike Tucker chat that her, that mm. Phoebe and Phoebe and Mike had had, where she said that was where she, when he was pretty much, you remember I said a couple of weeks ago, it didn't mm. seem right that he'd been bigging mm. up selling Ambridge to her. And at the same time, she was thinking the polar opposite. Yeah. I didn't buy Linda's speech, really, did you? I'm a famously awkward and difficult to get along with person, Kirsty, just like you. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was yeah. damning faint praise, wasn't it? Yeah, and just sort of, oh, look, these snowdrops are marvellous. You won't get those in Bulgaria. Oh, and uh, that, oh, people like us, we don't give up. We've got to carry on. What, carry on living in this village where they Kirsty doesn't really feel very happy? I think someone in the writer's room was madly in love with their partner and their partner is now an ex. They were dumped and they came from Plovdiv because there's been so much shit talking of Plovdiv in the last week. <laughs> One thing that doesn't happen in Plovdiv is uh, getting blamed for your uh, ex-husband being a slaver um, or be the person, mm. or be famous for being the person that can't hold on to a man, or have to stare at you know your um, your ex fiance uh, and and also someone who you shared shared a tragic bereavement with, you know, um, have twins right close to you while you're still trying to deal with the fallout of it. Give it six months, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Plovdiv, by the way? No, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, the worst thing about this was all for the purposes of a Sean Dyche joke. I looked up Locomotive Plovdiv to see who the local football team is, and Google keeps sending me their scores now. So I'm, I'm kind of in. <laughs> How are they doing, Matthew? Oh, they're stuck in eighth in the table. They're going nowhere. I mean, they they, they won a bit like Bristol Rovers. Yeah, they won one nil against Lo Locomotive. Um, no, Zarko Zello. Um, last Friday but yeah I mean it's just the other teams around them get are on the same yeah. point but do have a look at Plovdiv everybody boys and girls and it's it, absolutely stunning and they do have the Roman amphitheatre outdoor place that Kirsty mentioned that they still have operas there it sounds so much better than Ambridge there is no way that Ambridge is as beautiful as Plovdiv mm. that amphitheatre was actually built by Roman Trace's ex <laughs> Oh, uh, sorry, I, I just threw in a polite pl pl chuckle there. Just <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, it was on the spot. Come on, a pity chuckle. <laughs> uh, no, it does look really nice. I quite want to go there. To be honest, 
had to look today and thought, I've never been to Bulgaria. There is a certain amount of kind of, um, I don't know what the right word is, but sort of, uh, sort of, I don't know, Cold War fallout. And you'll know about this, Kerry, obviously, with your background, but sort of Cold War fallout snobbery towards kind of Eastern European, a kind of like an idea it's this kind of grey, sort of featureless, mm. humorless place. And, you know, completely, obviously, as soon as you think about it, it's complete nonsense. But like when, you know, my friend, um, my friend who was from Romania and I started to research, is like, oh my God, Romania is amazing. It's unbelievably beautiful. Also Croatia appearing as a, uh, as a kind of tourist destination. You know, for years people are like, you'd never, you wouldn't even imagine how beautiful Croatia was. And of course now it just reveals the kind of small mindedness. Mm, yes. But I mean, that part when it was still Yugoslavia, Croatia, that was the place where people who had more money than people who went to Spain went, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, that was the, the real luxury holiday of the 70s and the 80s. I, don't know, I, I, I briefly dated a Bulgarian. I remember her going home for the holidays. And some of the photos she sent from where they lived were absolutely amazing. What of herself? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Oh dear! So where were we, Kirsty? <laughs> Kirsty, <laughs> positive. Uh, so she's obviously staying. That's yep. you know that's definitely happening. Are we pleased about it? I mean, I I just hope we can. I hope as as part of the unspoken pact with the listener, having having heard her torture herself and go backwards and forwards and listen to all this advice as to whether to go or stay we can now just put all is, is this a way of cleansing the palate and sort of like you know um uh, resetting Kirsty so she can just you know get on with her life we don't have to constantly listen to her being miserable now she's got to arm wrestle with Kate for the job and then she'll end up with Rex but that's just all nonsense as well isn't it because Rex basically said he was gonna um fix it so that she would get the job and he even he even like brought Phoebe in on that, and they were like, you know, obviously we're going to have to f your mum over, but um, you know that doesn't matter. And then they they told her on the spot you'll get the job before she was like, no, I'm going to Plovdiv. I think. Do you think maybe Rex and Kirsty are destined for each other because Rex is just lovely, really, and Kirsty needs a lovely one. That would they would become Kex. <laughs> yes. I can imagine, you know, getting your kecks off. I can imagine them, you know, having good, you know, like I, I can believe, yeah. unlike Amy and Chris, I can believe that sort of a passion igniting there. Yeah, Rex would be a sensitive lover, wouldn't he? Well, they're falling into the same category of being just really nice people who are slightly unlucky in love, aren't they? So mm. Slightly. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, yeah, Kirsty's had a rough old time of it. It did. It made me laugh earlier when Tracy was talking about the going back to the cricket team when she mentioned Tom and she went like, because Leonard said, well, Tony was waxing lyrical about the summer and the, <laughs> the sound of the thwack of leather on Willow. And I was like, well, that's Pat's femdom dungeon. That's not cricket, Leonard. <laughs> misread it but then she was like well tracy said maybe he'll be better than his son tom archery just stared at me <laughs> just had this vision of tom just staring blankly thinking sausages <laughs> tracy's kind of spelling out how they're gonna bat their way to victory over darrington tracy is the exact opposite of tom isn't she like if you know if you've got yeah. up and down like, you know, yeah. Tracy and Tom are the diametric opposites, personality-wise. Um, there was that scene you said before, Kerry, that if Amy's lines were delivered by anyone else, um, they would be funnier. They would have life in them. And there was that thing earlier in the week where it was Tracy Rex. I think it was in Sunday's episode, 
in the bull, Trace, yeah, before they went to the boat, mm. and Rex was there, and Tracy was like, I reckon you're still up in Bert's attic with the dead birds. And then Amy came in going, yes, he's still in the cottage, aren't you, Rex? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> the jump from Tracy. Yeah. You know, and Rex, even Rex, you know, being a bit bouncy, and then Amy had to come in. I know she was, obviously she was trying to be a little bit subtle. She can't be a little bit subtle. I liked it when, I really enjoyed this. It kicked off the week very nicely when Rex said, uh, when they bumped in, he bumped into Amy and said, um, oh, don't worry, you know, no awkwardness. I got the message, you don't fancy me. And Amy was like, oh, no, no, it's not that. And he went, don't worry, I'm not sure I fancy you either. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I thought of you, Gary. Brilliant. Did you? <laughs> I, th- I was I just imagined you somewhere uh, on your on your re- bus replacement service with you, <laughs> that you're on listening to listening to that. Are you are you back home now? Is that is that all in the in, in, the, in the past for you? Good. Yeah. Last week it was all awful. Travel, travel, travel. Uh, Monday I went to a farm that was quite travelly, but not bus replacement. That was my alternative start to the show instead of the foul one that you guys approved. And I will point out that I did get it approved by those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. The other one was to announce you as um, the new agricultural story editor for the cider shed. Sorry, <laughs> but you were at a farm. I was at a farm, yeah, as part of my job, and uh, that was very interesting in Kent. Yeah, my normality is starting next week, job-wise, where I'll just go once a week to London on a lovely normal train that only takes about an hour. That's good. That's good life. It's a very yeah. good life. And uh, did you did you learn anything um, to, to bring to to be uh, you know our agricultural story editor? <laughs> Do you feel like you're more equipped to comment on Ambridge life? No, because, because <laughs> didn't. you weren't brought I, into any board meetings, Kerry. No, I learned a lot in relation to my job, but no, not really anything sort of archers wise at all. It was a lot of fruit and veg involved, no animals. Um, so I was wondering whether I was kind of almost Tom like because it was it's to do with fruit and veg boxes of a type. Mm. And that filled me with dread. Maybe they just hid the lambs while you were there in case you left with a couple, you know, down your jumper. <laughs> For the train home. <laughs> Kerry's always got her portable abattoir with her, you know, just in case she needs to do a bit of like <laughs> on the fly slaughtering. Yeah. It's a modified it's a modified version of the game mousetrap. <laughs> um speaking of meat, um what about baptism buffet? And the ham sandwiches, sausage rolls, and bacon quiches. Would you have those three things? Mm, I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I'm quite like the fact that, and this is going to upset people, isn't it? That Harrison has basically come out and said, like, you know, everyone, everyone thinks I've lost my mind. <laughs> I don't want anyone else being there. I mean, one of the key signs of losing your mind for me is actually eating egg sandwiches. <gasps> I know oh, we've had this before, haven't we? Oh, this is oh, how my. the pod ends. Bloody hell! <laughs> egg and crust sandwich. Lovely. No, I don't like them. Don't like them. Don't like egg mayo. Mm. I like mayonnaise. I don't like egg mayo. That's weird oh. for a chef, isn't it? Do you remember I confessed once that I don't eat the whites of boiled eggs, and you called me a f-ing pussy, Kerry? Yes, dear. <laughs> I remember that. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you dip Marmite soldiers into the yolk. You filthy uh, beast. Yes, but I've got people backing me up on that. Yeah, one. The two, Kerry. Two. 
Oh, is it two? <laughs> you, should, you should see my DMs. Two no, no I'm, I'm, I'm the second. I fully champion. Oh, no. Mm. Well, I have Marmite with everything. I accidentally had some Marmite with honey earlier on today. It was absolutely well, lovely. I mean, when we were that little bit of pancake chat on Tuesday night. Um, pancake chat. Someone, someone, someone uh, one of the listeners, oh, God, I can't remember who it was. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I do know who it was, but I just, um, I'm forgetting how to pronounce their name. But they said that they had Marmite, chili, and Jesus, cheese, was it? Was it Titian? Yes, that's it. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Oh, that was a rank list, that was. <laughs> well, what, their list of savoury pancakes? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you you should always have a bit of a balance on, on pancake day. Mm, speaking of which, they mentioned that they, there'd been a pancake race in the arches, didn't they? So yet another event in the village that everyone went to. Sounds absolutely exhausting oh. being living in Ambridge, just the amount of stuff you're guilted into. Uh, you know, 15, there's a fair every five minutes, 12 pantomimes and <laughs> village plays. Um, Cricket bloody matches. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there's pretty much a church service every other day as well. It's awful. I wouldn't, you know, I'm glad I only listened to it rather than have to actually live there. I think, I think Lee is conspicuous in his ab- by his absence in not being roped into the whole cricket team because he's he's buff and fit, isn't he? And he even mm. trained them up in that boot And enthusiastic. Yes, yeah, very enthusiastic. Yeah, I miss him. Yeah, yeah, come back. Well, the famous um, Cidership curse is still um, <laughs> in full effect on all of our, uh, except for Tracy. She's, yes. um, she, yeah, she's she very much in full effect. So maybe there's a slight lag. So maybe I, I am looking forward to, I was actually thinking, and uh, obviously Ryan has always done a fantastic job playing Lee, but I do feel like, I think I mentioned this before, that Lee got off to, in fact, on the show with Ryan, I did, Ryan did say to us, like, how had we converted from being super anti-Lee into being big mm. Lee fans? And I'm not saying that we're going to go on the same journey with Amy, but it is possible because that you know as part of the kind of they're doing a lot of heavy lifting to get this plot off the ground and maybe once now that it's settled and she's a bit more kind of re-established in the village there'll be more space for the kind of character to fill out and her be a bit more interesting or i can hope so anyway because they managed that with lee quite well didn't they yeah i'll try to bear that in mind and to be generous in the coming weeks <laughs> no I'm, I'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to be overly positive no, you're right you're right it's possible isn't it yeah. yeah hey it was nice to hear leonard though oh god he's a prince isn't he oh we haven't had someone on the show in a while one of the actors um and maybe leonard because we've had all the young ones so far haven't we Maybe yeah. we need a bit of an older, a bit more, a bit someone with a bit more um, experience to to have a chat to, and anything like that. Me calling him one of the young ones. At <laughs> <laughs> like my age, didn't Ryan say that? Get one of the older, more established characters on, just for a kind of a change, change of pace. I think he did say that. So, if anyone wants to suggest um a, an older character that they think we should get on i mean maybe one of the ones we absolutely not peggy because i don't think matthew will be able to contain himself um but uh, <laughs> i don't think you'd be able to stop yourself doing impressions of her peter no my i know I, it's like it's like everyone's impersonation of arnold schwarzenegger everyone does the impersonation of the impersonation i do my impersonation of you as you heard earlier on oh you tony you absolute gobshite that's what you <laughs> <laughs> that's my impersonation of your impersonation but uh, who should we who should we get on please Get in touch, DM us um, on Twitter. Kerry, where do they go to for that? 
I'd quite like Neil, to be honest. Yeah, I know. Neil would be fantastic. Yeah, and, and also, he's a he's been in the show for ages. That's something we haven't really um, tapped into. The only thing with Neil is just don't give him any bad news when he's on air because he freaks right out, doesn't he? What? Yeah. I mean, like doing that this week. Yeah, what? What? Like, I looked at Hannah. Was like, did you have a nice, relaxing time what? in the Cotswolds? Yeah, it was nice. Went to the spa. Went for a walk. What's this? Yeah. Sort of, I reckon, like, he probably had a role as Otto Frank, and then just went, "Shush!" And the Gestapo were downstairs. And they were... <laughs> I loved that Cotswold holiday. Neil read the newspaper, and Susan went down the spa. It was like sounded like she'd off, gone off to the supermarket. I must I must apologise there, but I think Peter was doing a neat segue into how would they get in touch. Oh God, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. It's one of our traditional um, extended endings. No, we pulled we pulled it back. We're all right. <laughs> can I just ask one tiny question before we give the socials? Just you can answer it yes or no. Do you think Fallon should tell Alice? Mm, I think she oh. should. But I'm massively pro Fallon. I think if it's all out in the open and then she doesn't, Fallon doesn't have to deal with it. But at the same time, if your mate, if you were the mate seeing that happen, would you tell the mate? I would tell Alice, treat her like an adult. She's already mm-hmm. shown that she can deal with some very tricky and awkward situations. Actually, um, actually losing a friend at the moment is not going to derail her. She's got, you know, uh, other people she can turn to. And if she, if, if losing a friend like Amy does derail her, then she's got bigger problems. Yeah, it's a win-win, to be honest. I mean, Fallon <laughs> knows all three of them involved, doesn't she? So it's not like I saw mm. you with somebody else that I don't know. So she is running the risk of burning bridges. It's not like she would tell Alice. I mean, if she tells Alice, yeah, Alice is going to respect the fact that she came to her, but mm. Chris and Amy are going to take that badly. Whereas if she keeps it from... Mm. Alice and it comes out later yeah. it's more like Alice is going to be the one that's more offended and Amy and Chris It's far more likely to damage and possibly cause Alice to have a relapse if it's all kept secret and then comes out later I agree and She'll I think you all knew for this month or two months or whatever and nobody told me that would send you off if they tell her now, in what in it can be done in a fairly gentle way. I don't think she's that going to be that bothered about Chris doing anything anyway. She doesn't want Chris. It's not about that. They could broach it in an adult way and just say, "Look, we have got feelings for each other. Can we just sort of talk about whether it is over between you and Chris, and this is you know fair game, if you like, rather than all this sneaking about." Yeah, I mean, I always judge this against the the most nuclear version of this that I ever knew of, which was a colleague of mine went on a uh, stag weekend somewhere overseas, witnessed the fact that the groom-to-be cheated and kept it to himself until the wedding and his conscience wouldn't hold it in anymore and told the bride. Oh, on the wedding. Yeah, on the wedding day. And how did that go down there? <laughs> well, it, might have, it might have been on the actual wedding weekend. And did the did the wedding go ahead? I think it still went ahead, but it was uh, oh. pretty brutal, as far as I know, in terms of like losing con- losing friends. Wow! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, 
No, so yeah. I mean, I think the Amy. The only reason I mention that um, is the Amy Chris Alice thing. Obviously, mm. Alice has her issues, but other than that, you know, I think it's. I I I like being confided in, and you know, not telling somebody something else for the benefit of their own mm. good. But I don't think this falls into that category. Kerry, I agree with you. I think um, I think that Alice might actually be quite cool with it if she's told mm. in the right way. I don't yeah. think she's. Con- I mean, when I say cool with it, I don't mean celebratory. I just mean she might sort of go, oh, you know, because like I said a few weeks ago, if you dump someone, you accept. You're basically saying to someone, I am almost instructing you to go and find someone else. You know, yeah. I found you, I I found you worthy of my love. So the idea that you won't go and find someone else who feels the same way is, is mm. you know, stupid. So I think that yes, it might be hurtful, but she might be, you know, if she's. If she's on this journey of self-discovery, she might actually say to herself, well, better it is someone lovely like Amy, who I also love, and um, it'll be hurtful, but I'll get over it. And I think I, yeah. think I can almost still see it. I can almost see it coming with them both in tears and then her saying, and you were there for me in the park with those bottles of vodka. And you don't, you, you don't find the way he tells you what to do in bed the whole time unattractive? No, I love it. <laughs> Has he ever described your sexual technique as lovely? <laughs> do you know what? I do think Alice will be actually, there'll be a sense of relief that Chris has moved on. Mm. I, I truly think that. Yeah. And I just think lying about things is shit. Mm. Plus she got sick of wearing horseshoes as earrings. <laughs> if someone wants to lie to us about horseshoe earrings... On Twitter, Kerry, <laughs> what address? What address did I get to? What a neat segue! Our Twitter. Oh, I can't even be bothered. <laughs> no, I like it. Um, yeah, our Twitter account. Come and join us. There is at the Cider Shed Pod. Uh, Matthew, uh, for any Facebook-related horseshoe chat, um, <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say then. Um, yeah, you can find us on Facebook. We have a group which is called uh, the Cider Shed Podcast. Um, I normally. Uh, post a link well I always post a link every Sunday to the episode and other people post things in there what would be really great uh, and do this on Twitter as well when we put the link up to the show just share it on your own Facebook and um, Twitter you'd be surprised it does help and it does help the reach of the podcast and maybe someone else will see it who likes the likes the archers and wants to listen to the pod so that would be great Um We've got the Instagram account as well, where we are filtering through some of our lovely five-star reviews. We've got a little format that we use for that now. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We are at the Cider Shed Pod. And yeah, go on iTunes, write a lovely review, and we'll put a little template up of you as well. As insane as it sounds, we are coming up fast, coming up to our year anniversary, which is odd. Is that a reasonable adjective? Yeah, we're a similar age to Martha. (laughs) Um, We're going to celebrate our birthday soon. And email us at hello at thesidershed.com. I get a bit lonely. I don't get anywhere near as many emails as uh, Kerry does um, tweets or Matthew (laughs) does messages on Facebook and Instagram. So uh, it'd be lovely to see a few more emails come in because I just, I don't get very many. So, you know, there you go. Are you lonely like Chris? I am. I I used to get quite a few. The first half a year, I got lots of emails, but now um, I'm going to have an ill-advised affair just because I'm feeling a bit lonely. Um, <laughs> specific to the emails, yeah. Oh, did you love the fact that Roy and Fallon must look alike as well? That's my last point. <laughs> I didn't, where, where was that? I missed that. 
Well, it was the point that they heard the gate go, then they came out, and it was like, it was Roy, but it was so far away. I was like, oh, Roy can move, baby. <laughs> well, that's good for you, Matthew. You can now add Roy to your wank bank. It's just, he's just a... He's, oh, God, that's yeah. killed it. Oh, good. I, I, I wondered what would kill it. I've managed. Well, the spell has been broken. Um, mm. Guys, thank you for putting up with... Uh, well, I, I was really quite vile this week, so thank you, everyone, for putting up with that. We'll see you next week. Yeah, it's my birthday on Saturday. I'll see you next week. Happy birthday for Saturday, Carrie. See ya. Bye. Hangar 